Are you trying to start a podcast but are struggling with the process? Well, you're in the right place now. Contact one of us at Across the Board Sports and we can help you get started through Anchor. We're looking for more podcasters and the best place to do your show is on Anchor. It is the easiest way to distribute your podcast on all major platforms and it's the most user-friendly website. Contact us and let's begin. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, y'all, good morning and welcome to the second episode of Across the Cavs. Zach Weiss here, your host. Let's get right to it. So, last night was a great night to be a Cavs fan. A 110-99 win over the Indiana Pacers. They defeated on a Larry Nance buzzer beater tipping last year, picking up a 110-99 win with a 20-plus point lead in the second half. And how about a Tristan Thompson three? Shot clock running down. Ball was loose. He kind of dribbled into his own shot and let it rip. And bang, first three of his career. He's been working on it in practice. And if he can add any sort of outside shot to his arsenal, this team could be a little more dangerous than they currently are. By the way, Tristan was a team best plus 23. He had 25 points, 13 rebounds, and three blocks. He is looking like a serious monster right now. Kevin Love with 21, 13, and 9. Colin Sexton adding 18 points, while Jordan Clarkson in his limited minutes, 17 minutes off the bench, he scored 15. And also, welcome back, John Henson. Got him in the deli trade. Last year, and he finally made his team debut. Three rebounds, two steals, and two blocks in eight minutes and 17 seconds. He did miss five or six free throws. That'll have to be better, but that was very solid. They bounced back from the opening loss against Orlando, and they played with some great poise all night. So now, how can they replicate the success of this game? Basically, we break down the Orlando game, and something that stood out to me was that Colin Sexton was playing all of his minutes with Darius Garland. And I didn't love that. It, I didn't like seeing Delavadova and Clarkson coming in together every time. I would have liked to see the mixing and matching of maybe a Clarkson-Garland and a Sexton-Delavadova. And it's something John Beeline's going to work on for sure. Just want to see it spaced out more. So, But Sexton, he put in 18 points, shot 6 of 14, 4 of 6 at the line. An 18-5-3 line is what we love, is what we like to see from Colin Sexton, Darius Garland still... Getting his feet wet in the NBA, shot 5 for 12, first double-digit scoring game. Kevin Love only shot the ball eight times, but he was aggressive with his passing, nine assists. He had 13 defensive rebounds. Clarkson, 5 of 8, he got to the basket, he hit a couple threes. Uh, Jetty, 0 for 3, didn't really do much. But no, basically, just play aggressive defense. That's gonna That starts with Kevin Love. He's the veteran leader of this team, and Tristan's been here a long time. He's been around longer than Kevin, but... Kevin Love's been in the NBA since 2008. He's the guy that has to basically command things on the floor. He is their longest tenure. He's the long. He has the. He's been in the NBA the longest of any players they have on their roster. So that leadership role falls to him. He's a. He's doing very well, and I'll be talking later about why they cannot afford to trade this man, no matter what. So. What to make of Coach Beeline's rotations? Starting lineup, been the same first two games. Looks good. Osman, Love, Tristan, Colin, and Darius Garland. Four starters with a positive plus minus. Osman had an even net rating. 
The team did not. The team broke even while he was on the court for his 27 minutes and 35 seconds. So he's gone to Porter Jr., Della Vadova, Clarkson, and Nans over each of the first two games. And Henson came in last night. Still waiting on Dylan Winsler to get healthy. Have to imagine he will get some minutes when he does, unless Porter Jr. and Jetty Osman can really kind of hold it down and show extreme efficiency. Jetty had a decent first game, and of course, he really struggled last night to make much of an impact. Kevin Porter Jr. is getting to the basket while he's hitting his mid-range shots. Didn't hit much from the outside on opening night. Went 0 for 3 yesterday, so he did block two shots. And you remember on my first pod last week, I did predict four poster dunks for Kevin Porter Jr. I am going to stick by that, folks. The two blocks show tremendous athleticism and willingness to work hard in the defensive end, but... If his shots aren't going from the outside like we know him to be capable of, of being that shooter like he was at USC and he was in preseason and he is in every practice, throw Windler in. I've only played two games and nothing is established yet. Probably going to make some moves at the deadline this year. I already know that now despite only being in October and having played two games with the Bucks on tap for tomorrow. But I like what Coach Beeline's doing. I just want to see him space out Sexton and Garland a little bit more. I was very wrong about starting Larry Nance over Tristan Thompson. That's no flack on Larry. He's a tremendous player. He's going to have a big year. But Tristan, uh, 25-13 and 13 after a, a big performance in the opener. He is due for such a big season. He is looking fantastic. If we can ignore all the off-court drama and just look at Tristan Thompson, the basketball player, we would all see him in this brilliantly positive light he can get so many rebounds he added five more on the offensive end yesterday to his 13 total the three blocks are pretty new at 6'9 he's never been the best rim protector but he showed it off against Indy how about the the three ball I, I just still can't get over what I watched Tristan Thompson hitting a three just exceptional and while Malcolm Brogdon absolutely torched the Cavs last night 30 points and 10 assists 12 of 18 from the floor they didn't let anyone else really destroy them. Sabonis and Turner combining for just one offensive rebound. They dominate around the basket. That is significant. They Turner did get 10 on the defensive end. That's going to happen. Sabonis just 14-5 and five with five turnovers. They really held him in check. Didn't let anyone on the Pacers bench get going. We saw Goga Batadze play his first minutes. He got four. He had two points, a rebound. Doug McDermott, 1 of 5. TJ Leaf, 1 of 5. TJ McConnell, 1 of 6. Justin Holiday, 2 for 7 from 3. Would not let the Pacers bench players get the better of them. So let's go through the games for the week and talk about Cleveland's chances. You got four games on tap, including three Central Division battles. So first up for the week tomorrow against the Milwaukee Bucks and old friend Kyle Korver. He's playing against the casting he began last year with before being dealt to the Utah Jazz. Delhi and John Henson make their return to Milwaukee and hope to see a big ovation for Henson when he first checks in. He had a good run with the Bucks, goes back to their first playoff appearance when they played when they had Monte and B. Jennings played against the Heat. I remember Brandon Jennings like Bucks in six. Yeah, that didn't work out so well, but John Henson was part of that series. And he was solid as a, I believe, he started alongside of Larry Sanders and was probably the best shot-blocking one-two punch starting duo 
in the game. It's going to be hard to project a win for the Bucs. The Miami Heat, without Jimmy, able to take down the Bucs. Despite a Giannis buzzer beater to force overtime, they rallied back and took the W. Not a, It's going to be very tough to slow Giannis down. And that we, we know this coming in. But if he has an off day, if they can get Giannis into foul trouble by attacking him on defense and drawing a couple early fouls, maybe it'll give them a chance to establish their rhythm. And yes, he's only one player. It's just you think about the potential of him and his long stride streaking into the lane and creating so much space with such little effort. It's He's just really tough to stop. But if they can, they really only have to worry about the three-point shooting of Brooke Lopez. The new and improved Wes Matthews, Chris Middleton dominating off the dribble, which is very stoppable. See what they do and how they match up with Chris Middleton because it does not seem maybe you put Kevin Love on Giannis, Thompson on Lopez, Osman can cover K-Mid and let the backcourt guards cover each other. But if you can actually stop the former All-Star Chris Middleton, reigning All-Star, and slow Giannis early, you may just have a chance. Probably going to mark this down as an L. Game two against Chicago on Wednesday. These are always fun to watch. You're going to get Zach Levine and Colin Sexton going head-to-head. Kevin Love and Lowry Markinen, who might be a younger version of Kevin Love. Little Comes in maybe a little more nimble and quick on his feet than Love was to start his career. And not as strong. Lowry Markkinen than Kevin Love was in Minnesota, but he's a guy that's a double-double machine. He's a big power forward that can stretch the floor and knock down the outside shot, also being very effective on the glass, which is why I make that comparison. And that's going to be a fun battle between the two of them, Tristan and Wendell Carter going for rebounds. Get to see young Kobe White make his first appearance at the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Miss calling it the Q. I don't know about all of you guys, but... Not calling it the Q already feels very weird. Anyway, Zach Levine, he's going to come in, probably throw down a couple of big jams. He had a huge bounce-back performance in the team's second game after a very poor first performance. Kobe White getting some early NBA career buckets. Interested to see from Chicago how they manage the point guard situation because they're starting Tomas Sadoransky, and they're using Ryan Archidiakono, who definitely deserves these minutes. With Chris Dunn and also Kobe White off the bench, that's four point guards all getting minutes. And while the Cavaliers have a similar situation, if you consider Jordan Clarkson to be a point guard of sorts, you're not bringing three of them off the bench. They're only bringing two. So we'll see how the Bulls manage that. I think this is a very winnable game. There's really only two things you have to do. Kevin Love outperforms Lowry Markinen, and Zach Levine is held under 25 points. You do those two things, you get the win. I think the Cavs will get it done. I think their defense is going to be very sharp back at, uh, at home in front of the home crowd. So chalk Chicago up as a win. Friday, Indiana rematch. They didn't have Jeremy Lamb last night. They may have him back in time for Friday's showdown. So Edmund Sumner drew the start but did not play much. I don't believe he came back into the game. That's picking up that fourth foul in the third quarter. Say what you will about TJ McConnell. He had a good run in Philly. He's a hard worker. He hustles. But when he's playing 25 to 30 minutes, you're not. it's not necessarily the best thing for your team, especially when the offense isn't getting it going. Because TJ, he's not out there to, to make shots. He made one in his time last night on the court, and he's got to be better than that. He's a defensive guy with a decent mid-range jumper who had a very nice game winner during the process. 
That's really what I think of two nice game winners, uh, TJ McConnell. So Indiana, if they want to beat the Cavs on Friday in front of their home fans, it's going to be really one thing they didn't do, and it's offensive rebounding. Love, Nance, Henson, and Thompson are all very tough on the boards. They get a lot of offensive rebounds for their team, and they box out very proficient, very efficiently. So Indiana's got to attack the offensive glass. They have Turner and Sabonis, two of the best rebounding bigs you'll see. And more Sabonis than Turner, but Turner Turner had his 11 uh, last night, so give him that credit. The two of them have to attack the offensive glass and give the Pacers second-chance points. So the Cavaliers, by the way, talking about their defense, have now held each, each of their first two opponents under 100. And there have been some teams playing lower-scoring lower, lower scoring games, but then we see teams like the Clippers, who each side scoring over 120 every time they take the floor. They lost 130 to 1. They gave up 130 points to the Suns, who were down multiple starters. So the NBA still is a bucket league and not a defensive league, per se, but the Cavs' defense holding opponents under 100 twice has been great. I think Indiana will come back and actually take the win from the Cavs on Friday in what should be a pretty close game. And the week will finish with a showdown against the Dallas Mavericks. Luca Kristaps coming to RMFA, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. They're off to a great start. Luka Doncic had a tremendous rookie season, and he's already looking like a superstar just two games into year two. Kristaps already had a five-block effort in just his second game back after missing all of last season and half of the year prior. All that time off, he got big, he got bulky, he didn't lose his jump shot. It's still going for him. Kristaps and Luka, unbelievable. They don't have a ton of help around them. They have a decent supporting cast, but nothing special. Dorian Finney-Smith, Seth Curry, THJ, Tamardaway Jr., DeLon Wright, Jalen Brunson, Maxi Kleba. They have uh, Delhi's Australian pal, Ryan Brokhoff. It's going to be a tough one to win, and the only way to beat Dallas, really, is to keep Luka in check. And we'll see how they decide to cover him. It's probably going to be Jetty's job to start the game. And honestly, I could see Del Vadova getting a few extra minutes for either Sexton or Garland and actually coming in and covering him. It's not the craziest thing. He is a pest on defense. Remember in the Cavs' old playoff runs when he got Al Horford ejected, Horford diving at Delhi with his elbow. He drew a couple texts on Tosh Gibson, getting, getting very feisty. He gets under your skin as a defender. And even though he's, what, 0 for 7 from 3 to start the season, that's really no effect on his stock. He's a leader. He's a great vet. He's got a beautiful floater. He can pass the ball as well as any guard on this team. And his defense, he will hound you and harass you all game long. So, I don't, unfortunately, I don't see that happening, however. So, I do give this one to Dallas, so that puts the Cavs at 1-3 for the week. Again, they could take down Indiana. I just think that having just beaten them, you're meeting them again six days later, I think they're going to work on the things they didn't do and come back with a vengeance. And here's why, Cavs fans. Here's why you can't trade Kevin Love. And everyone's like, trade Love, move on, rebuild. No, we want to lose games. We want to get a high draft pick. No, no, no. First and foremost... You can lose however many games you want. You're not going to win every game you play. 
And no team, not even the good ones. But the Cavs should not be tanking. This tanking thing, no. And you know what? Just look at last year. They won 19 games and ended up with a fifth pick. The Pelicans had Anthony Davis until February. And they won the draft lottery. So that, that's where we are right now. So you got you to play hard every night. Don't worry about tanking. I've never been pro-tanking. Whatever the Sixers did, they did. That's never been my thing. Never been a fan. Kevin Love, his impact goes beyond the stats. However, uh, we take a look. He played in... So the Cavs last year went 19. They won 19 games. That's it. 19 games. They won 19. And with Kevin Love in the lineup, they went 7-15. and 15. It's not great. But look at who they beat. The Cavaliers had wins over the Bucks. They beat the Raptors by 25. And they beat the Magic by 14. Bucks by 5 on nights when Kevin Love played. They also beat the Grizzlies. They beat the Suns. They beat the Knicks. And they beat the Knicks again. But, yeah, he played well in those games. Kevin Love knows how to play the game very well. And in his two games, he's averaging 16 points, 15.5 rebounds, and 6 assists so far. He's just he's been very effective. When he's healthy, he's a game changer. And though he hasn't averaged over 20 points since leaving Minnesota, he's just a great lead throw with one of the best outlet passes in the game. He knows how to find the open man, and he's just such a good leader. If you trade Kevin Love, there's no way you can get equal value back no matter how you look at it. You're trading away your leader. You're trading away your best offensive threat. You're trading away a champion, a guy that's always given 110% for for his city and has reiterated countless times he wants to stay. Remember Tyson Chandler in Phoenix? Not as well known in the later part of his career after his days of with New York and Dallas. But they always talked about trading him and he'd always tell them, no, no, I want to be here. I want to help develop the guys. If you go back to Devin Booker's rookie season, if you can remember that far four years ago, three, four years ago, Tyson Chandler was a mentor for Booker and he and D-Book filmed. Actually, the idea was from Steve Nash. He did a lot of the filming. Uh, session called Rookie Vet. So you kind of go inside both their heads and break it down. It shows Tyson working with Devin, Devin Booker, and helping him get more acclimated to the league and what he's teaching him and what Booker is talking about with Chandler. And it was great. And it just kind of showed the importance of a veteran mentor and leader. And yes, Tristan's been here a long time. Wouldn't call him that. With the off-court drama, it's clear. It's Kevin Love's team. No matter who they, until they get but then a number one pick, a really like a top, top prospect. Garland will be great. Sexton will be great. But it's Kevin Love's team. You got to keep him around. They signed him to that four-year extension for a reason. They knew going into last year they might not contend. And they didn't. And it's what it is. But you know what? You got to keep him around. Don't trade Kevin Love. Kevin Love is the glue guy. Kevin Love keeps it together. When Tristan Thompson made that three, there was nobody happier on that court Hands up, big smile, nothing but shock, Kevin Love. So, that's that, folks. And you just, you can't trade Kevin. He's the heart and soul of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Great man on the court, great man off the court. And you just can't get rid of him. And I'll finish off today with my five favorite all-time Cavaliers. And before you ask, 
No, LeBron James will not be on this list. Nothing against LeBron. LeBron was the original inspiration for seven-year-old me to become a Cavs fan back in 2003. But he's come, he's gone, he's come back, he's gone again. When LeBron came back the second time, it was great to get the title, but I'm not sure if you'll agree with me, Cavs fans. I just thought it was way too much drama, way too much all about LeBron. Deion Waiters got traded within two months of LeBron coming back, and yes, he hasn't had the best moments in Miami or OKC, but Deion was a great guy to have, one of my favorites for his time here, and he just brought so much. Love JR, love Chump, love Mozgov, and the other guys they brought in, but it's just, it's like it's LeBron. LeBron's not the GM, LeBron's not making these decisions, but it definitely rubs me the wrong way, just all the drama that, that happened while he was here, and everything became about LeBron, and Ended up leading to Kyrie's departure. My Actually, my favorite Cavalier, him and Della Vadova are my top two. Delhi for his, heart, his work ethic and just coming in in that 2014 season as an undrafted guard, turning into a starter. He had a couple 2010 games, some big threes. He was integral in their 21-point comeback against the Pistons where Dion ended up hitting the winner. Fell in love with Kyrie within his first five games on the team. He was clutch. I remember his full-court game-winning layup against the Nuggets, the game-winning free throws against Boston, the game-winning jumper against Toronto. I, they, there were so many great moments and uh, during his first season with the Cavs. and just, It was a great run, and I'm very happy he's killing it in Brooklyn. Anderson Varejao, wild thing. Through their early trip to the finals, he was there. Yes, Dwayne Wade dunked on him. The dunk heard around the world. It was massive, especially with Kevin Harlan broadcasting the game. You know it's going to be brought to a higher magnitude. But Wild Thing always worked hard and was very sad to see when he went to the Warriors to play against the Cavs. And that is actually the one year the Cavs won and the Warriors didn't, that Vergeau happened to go to Golden State. He was always brought the effort, tremendous rebounder. I, I remember his three on LeBron's birthday in 2008 or nine against the Hawks. His only three that he ever made a game winner on LeBron's birthday. Big Z. I have a framed Olgowskis jersey signed on my wall in my room. I've had it since I was 10. Always loved Olgowskis. I remember some over an overtime game against the Sacramento Kings where he made three straight threes to get it going. Always a bucket getter. Seven foot three. Had a beautiful silky smooth jump shot. And bald, full head of hair or bald and smooth. He was doing his thing on the floor for a long time. And the best Big Z moment is when... He got traded to the Wizards when we brought in Anton Jameson, and he said he would not play for the Wizards. My heart is in Cleveland. I can play nowhere else. So a month later, the Wizards bought him out. He came back home, and he finished the year with the Cavs. So, big Z. It's a re And yes, he finished his career in Miami. He wanted to bring. I don't blame him for that. And Mo Williams, rounding out the top five. Again, love Kevin Love, Colin Sexton. Nothing against LeBron, but that drama really deters me from him as being in my list because I think about nothing but fond memories with these other players. And with LeBron, there were a lot of not-so-fond memories of his time with Cleveland in addition to all the good ones. And while none of us will probably ever admit it, it was very tough having him on the team. Even though, we went, even though the Cavs went to four straight finals, there was just so much turmoil and drama and unnecessary attention on everybody. All the Kevin Love trade rumors, it was, it was too much. It's too much for me as a fan. Mo Williams, he was an all-star. He had a couple of 40-point games, plenty of big shots. And when the Cavaliers got their first win in the post-LeBron era after a very slow start to the season, it was against the L.A. Clippers. Mo would not let them sink. His shot after shot after shot. And you know what? Mo came back. 
the Cavs won the title. I don't think that's, there's any coincidence to that. And while he wasn't the regular backup at that point in his career, he's behind Delhi for most of the year. He took over in the playoffs, gave them some, he gave them five good minutes in game seven. He had his moments. And you know what? Mo Williams finished as a champion with the team that he had his biggest success with. And again, sorry, LeBron. So Delhi, Kyrie, Verizhao, Big Z, Mo is my big five all-time Cavs in the time I've been a fan. So, folks, that'll do it for this edition of Across the Cavs. I'm Zach Weiss. We will see you later in the week. Let's go Cavaliers!